right, folks, let's go. It's Monday morning. Uh, it's Tony Fleming. This is our 7 a.m. Eastern Mindset Call, Mental Toughness Call. Uh, we do this call every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern. And uh, we talk about mindset. We talk about life. We talk about books. We talk about affirmations. We talk about success. We talk about failure. We talk about, man, everything that goes hand-in-hand to what you do on a daily basis if you think about it. You know, this this information can help you on your job. I don't know if the job wants you to get it, though, but it can help you. <laughs> uh, it can help you in your business, and it can help you in your life. So, I mean, it, everything that you do on a daily basis, this info, because uh, your thoughts, that's your paradigm. Your paradigm is things that you've heard for years and years and years. And, um, you know, a lot of us who grew up in a middle class or poor neighborhood, we heard middle class or poor conversations. And we heard them at a young age. And those things are are programmed in us deeply. And I'm going to talk about that today, too. Uh, man, we're going to talk about a little bit of that. Uh, and that's so important because we don't realize the things that, that were put in us at an early age, a lot of it is still there, and we, we will discuss that. But we actually take this call and load it on a on podcast platforms. So we're on like 16 different platforms. And no, we are not a podcast. But <laughs> but we are on the platform. So when you hear this, this is actually a conference call that we load on those platforms. And the reason we do that, easy access to get to. So people can go back, listen to the replay. You could put these in your phone, um, and they're there forever. Like, you know, you can send the link to your phone and your message, and you can just go at any time and click on that link and just scroll, 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 and hit a, hit one call and listen to that one. You get another. I mean, you got enough info uh, just on our podcast platforms that you can literally change your life just from that free info. You know, if you're sitting there watching something that's not going toward your goals and dreams, let me clear this up, too, make sure you understand this, because I know as soon as I say that, people say, well, Tony, you don't watch television. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you got to feed your mind to starve your doubts, and you got to feed your mind things that's going to guide you in the direction that you're going. And a lot of stuff that we watch is frivolous. You know, we'll sit down and watch a TV show that we like and then just sit there and keep watching and keep watching and keep flipping and keep flipping. No, watch the show, turn it off, move on to something else. You don't have to sit there and just flip, flip, flip and just see what's on. You know, we got a lot of stuff on this, on this, uh, on the podcast platforms you can just click on and go to at any time. 300 and, 305 calls or something like that. You can go back and just, let me try this one. Let me listen to this one. And you might click on it and, and you say, well, I don't think I'm like this one. You never know because you listen to the end, you might. But you might say, let me click on another one. Let me click on It's almost like going through a leadership book, not not a story-type book like we're reading now, a leadership book. You can kind of jump chapters and come back because a leadership book might have ten titles. Uh, you know, one could be on mindset. One could be on uh, leadership. One could be on um, Doing business, one could be on, I don't know, those chapters. So you could jump to five and go back to three and go back to, because, you know, all that is all in one group, um, which you could do with these calls if you understand that. You know, you might not, off the beginning, you might say, I don't know if I'm going to feel that one. Let me click another one. Let me click another one. Then it's the same thing with chapters in books. Sometimes in a leadership book, I'll jump ahead 
read that chapter, come back to the other one, because, you know, that chapter started off the way I felt. So take advantage of this, folks. It's free. You know, and if you don't like it, keep listening. Keep listening and keep and then eventually you might. If you don't, then you can stop. But, see, a lot of times the things that you don't like in the beginning is because mentally you're not there yet. You're not. You're just not. Now, you could just hate it, but... Uh, I was about to, I was about to, you know, should I say that? Hold on a second, let's say a little short prayer, hold on a second. No, he said I can't say it, so. We also have a replay you can listen to today, and the replay is 712-432-1085. 712-432-1085, and the PIN code is 783357-POUND. I know y'all trying to figure out, how did he respond to you all that you that fast? I've been praying and praying. Well, you see, we got it like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we got it like that. That's how he responds that fast. Because he know I'm out here helping the people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so... Uh, but, yeah, you can listen to the replay today. <laughs> then I got a little red devil on my shoulder texting me to my, go on, say it, go on, say it. <laughs> little, red, little red devil on my shoulder on one side, and I got God on the other side saying, uh-uh. <laughs> and the little red devil texts me, go on, say it, go ahead. See, I got to, you got to monitor that and know who's who's talking to you, folks. You got to know, you just got to know who's talking to you. <laughs> they might be, they might be, uh, as, uh, uh, who said that? They might be dressed in Prada, but you got to make sure that ain't the little red devil talking to you, so. All right, I know you. I know who you are. My grandmas always say, that's Slewfoot. <laughs> Tell Slewfoot to get behind you. Get behind you, Slewfoot. I don't give a like, what is Slewfoot? <laughs> All right, so today I want to talk about from my one of my favorite books. Uh, probably in the top ten, but I had to make my new list again because um, I don't know how far it's moved up or back, but it's in my top ten. I put it that, uh, put it that way. And I, and as soon as I, as soon as I say the title of what I'm gonna talk about, uh, mostly, well, I ain't gonna say most of y'all. Some of y'all will know. It should be. And as I start reading it, you really will know. And some of y'all might not. But I'm gonna talk about this process called the domestication of humans. The Domestication of Humans. Go ahead on Google it right quick for those who don't know. See, while you're going through all that Googling, I'll just tell you. <laughs> it's from the book, The Four Agreements. The Four Agreements by Miguel Ruiz. Miguel Ruiz. And, uh, man, this book is it's an excellent book. I've read it two or three times. Uh, I just walked to the bookshelf this morning and pulled it off. I actually pulled off Russell Simmons' book, and then I put it down 
because Russell Simmons' book has so much stuff highlighted in it, and I just like I don't I don't know where I can start at. But then I grabbed uh, the Four Agreements, and it had so many things highlighted in it. But what happened was I just turned it to a page and folded it down on my desk. That's that's literally what I'm doing here, folks. I said, let me go and read this. Um, and just folded it down on my desk, and I'm about to read it now. Because when I, when I folded it, I saw the domestication of humans. Man. And I remember reading this for the first time. I remember reading this for the first time. Um, the devil told me she read this book. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Y'all got to watch them before they say anything. Oh, yeah, I read that. All right, so... He says in here, I call this process uh, domestication of humans. And through the domestication, we learn how to live and how to dream. In human domestication, the information from the outside dream is conveyed to the inside dream, creating our whole belief system. From the outside dream is uh, conveyed to the inside dream. First, the child is taught the names of things. Mom, dad, milk, bottle, day by day, at home, at school, at church, and from television, we are told how to live. Now, see, what he's talking about is our paradigm. This is how we're creating our paradigm. Paradigm. This is how we're getting domesticated, okay, teaching us about mom, dad, milk, bottle, day by day, at home, at school, at church, and from television. We are told how to live. The kind of behavior is acceptable. Now, understand what kind of behavior is acceptable is based on the neighborhood you're in. It's based on the people you're around. Because what we think is acceptable when we in our neighborhoods, well, and I, I'll say in the poor middle class, is to tell somebody, uh, don't work too hard, don't try that. You know, you know, ain't nobody in our family ever done that, and we're just trying to help, you know. And then you go to a wealthy neighborhood, they don't say that. They say, go try everything. Go take a risk. Go, you know, it's a whole different conversation. But growing up in life, you know, when you grow up in a neighborhood, you ever hear people say all the time, we, you know, we was poor, but we didn't know we was poor. The reason you didn't know you were poor is because everybody around you was poor. And so we, you thought that that's how life is. We all thought that. And see, you understand, especially when, you know, at that time growing up, we had, uh, um, you know, three channels on the television. <laughs> you know, so you what you watched was pretty much the basic stuff. You watched the news. You watched, you know, I Love Lucy or <laughs> Gilligan Island. You had three or four channels, and and then at twelve o'clock at night, I know it's amazing. Some people twelve o'clock at night, da 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 da. The television would actually go off, folks. I know some of y'all don't believe this. I don't know. I got a lot of mature people on here. Ain't nobody's on here that young that doesn't remember that. Some people who think they're young, you know, like myself, but don't remember that. But you know, the television. I, I wish it would do that now. Just shut off. Just shut off at twelve o'clock. You can't sit up here and watch all everything else all night long. Just shut off, and it just it just be a. Um, uh, a screen, um, man. I mean, it, it just shut off. I, I don't know if I told y'all this story. I, ain't, I can't. I don't have time to tell this story, but it has something to do with that. But 
Um, so a lot of things we didn't see. You know, you didn't see uh, success, you know, uh, in everywhere, success in different places. All you saw was what you saw. You didn't know until you, and then some people never even le- 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 left their neighborhood. And they grew up and never even had an idea of what's outside in the world, what's outside their city, what's outside their state, what's outside their country. They didn't have a clue. So all they knew is what they knew. So while we were getting domesticated on that type life and those kind of thoughts, nobody even knew. So the outside dream teaches us how to be a human. We have a whole concept of what a woman is and what a man is, and we also learn to judge. We judge ourselves, we judge other people, we judge the neighbors. Children are domesticated the same way that we domesticate a dog, a cat, or any other animal. In order to teach a dog, we punish the dog and we give it a re- rewards. We train our children who, whom we love so much the same way that we train any domestic animal with the system of punishment and reward. We are told, you're a good boy or you're a good girl when we do what mom and dad want us to do. When we don't, we are a bad girl or a bad boy. When we went against the rules, we were punished. When we went along with the rules, we got a reward. We were punished many times a day, and we were also rewarded many times a day. I think I was punished more. <laughs> Soon we became afraid of being punished and also afraid of not receiving the reward. The reward is the attention that we got from our parents, from other people like siblings, teachers, and friends. Think about that. In this industry and profession, the reward is the edification you get from your people on your team and talk about. People love that. They love that life in the sunshine, that they could, you know, this and that, and folks talking about them. And that, that, that you know, we say uh, babies cry for it, that love and affection, but, you know, grown men die from it, for it. They, they got to have it. It's a, it's a... That affection is, is you know, we gotta hit, gotta have people talking about, have people saying good things about us. That's how you get that reward. The reward is attention that we got from our parents, from other people like siblings, teachers, and friends. We soon develop a need to hook other people's attention in order to get that reward. So I gotta get my reward from my uh, business partner, from my sideline partners, from other people who watch me on social media. You know, I got to get that like, I got to get that comment, I got to get that man. And I'll keep refreshing and refreshing until I get it. And, you know, there's a lot of kids now, they go, you know, on Instagram and after they post something and don't get 50 likes or 25 likes or something, they'll take it down. Because they don't want anything sitting there and they don't have any likes on it, which is insane. But that's how people operate because we've been domesticated to want that. And and social media has really brought it out of us. They didn't create it. It just brought it out of us. The reward feels good, and we keep doing what others want us to do in order to get that reward. With that fear of being punished and that fear of not getting the reward, you know, somebody not liking this or somebody not doing this, we start pretending Go to go to Instagram and see how many pretenders out there. We start pretending to be what we're not, just to please others, just to be good enough for someone else. We try to please mom and dad. We try to please the teachers at school. We try to please the church. 
So we start acting. We start acting on social media, trying to please those people. Let's see what they like. They like this, so let's go out there and do that. To be what we are not because we are afraid of being rejected. See, I can't go be mean. I can't talk about books and mindset and all that all the time because I know people are going to talk about me. They say it right now. That's all you talk about, man. You get your books and all you, all you talk about now. Okay. Why are you concerned about what I talk about? <laughs> if you know that's all I'm talking about, then you know that. But that's me. I can't change it to something else and say, uh, you know, I'm going to talk about this. I'm that's who I am. That's 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 what made me who I am now. And I'm looking at all these books, and that that gives me the ability to even talk on this call and to say anything. So I'm going to be me. Even if me is not what the masses want to hear. Because trying to give the masses what they want to hear, it, it changes me, and I'm, that's not who I am. You know, for the few that want to hear this, or the or the large amount of people that want to hear it. I know it's millions want to hear it. We just got to get it out to them. Just got to get it out to them. There's millions who want to hear it. I can't change and be something different, then they won't, I won't be me. I won't be me. We punish ourselves when we don't follow the rules according to our belief system. We reward ourselves when we are the good boy, good girl. The belief system is like a book of law that rules our mind. Without question, whatever is in the book of law is our truth. We base all of our judgments according to the book of law, even if these judgments go against our own inner nature. Even moral laws like the Ten Commandments are programmed into our mind in the process of domestication. One by one, all these agreements go into the book of law, and these agreements rule our dream. There is something in our minds that judges everybody and everything, including the weather, the dog, the cat, everything. The inner judge uses what is in our book of law to judge everything we do, and we do everything we think and don't think and everything we feel and don't feel. Everything lies under the tyranny of this judge. Every time we do something that goes against the book of law, the judge says we are guilty, we need to be punished, we should be ashamed. This happens many times a day, day after day, for all the years of our lives. There is another part of us that receives the judgments, and this is called the victim. The victim carries the blame, the guilt, and the shame. It is part of us that says, poor me, I'm no good, I'm not good enough. I'm not intelligent enough. I'm not attractive enough. I'm not worthy enough of love. Poor me. The big judge agrees and says, yes, you are not good enough. And this is all based on a belief system that we never chose to believe. These beliefs are so strong that even years later when we, when we are exposed to new concepts, like the stuff I talk about on this call, like the books we talk about re- reading, even though we're exposed to the stuff, and try to make our decisions, we still find that these beliefs still control our life. Man! Why are you always talking about that, Tony? Because those beliefs still control your life. And I'm a teacher. I'm trying to get this across to you. And I sit in there in, in these rooms and talk to people, and I'm on the, trying to get those beliefs that's holding you back because those things, 
you heard stuff from poor people. You heard stuff from middle class folks, all super nice people, great people. But the stuff they talked about was the only things they believed, and the things they believed was the only things they saw, and the things they saw was the only things in their neighborhood. Maybe a little bit outside the city, maybe a little bit outside the country, maybe a tad. But they they didn't know anything, didn't see anything. All you they were they were domesticated also. trying to explain this that you are that way oh no I ain't you know ain't nobody programming me I am who I am I'm my own man I ain't mm-mm. I do and do things I want to do that I say to mm-mm. <laughs> this one dude in the barbershop one time this was years back I wanted to just shake him I just wanted to grab him, man. Shut up. I wanted to shake him and then just walk out. <laughs> because he had a powerful voice, but he was just saying foolishness. But guess what? It's not foolishness to him. Because everything that he was taught within that system is what he's saying. He's not regurgitating nothing back that somebody else was saying outside of that system. And I noticed that everybody that was in agreement with him because, you know, when you say stuff, it goes across like some of the stuff I'm saying now to some of you all, you're listening, but you're trying to find it in the computer of your mind. It's going, what do I search for that at? And it doesn't come up, so you don't see it. It's like, oh, man, that ain't. You know, that's why I always say, each one teach one, or the word that we talk here has to be spread through you and through other people because it just can't be coming from Tony or coming from the book that he's reading. You got to say, I get it. You got to say, I get it. And most most people stand in the mirror and they say this, poor me, I'm not good enough, I'm not intelligent enough, I'm not attractive enough, I'm not worthy of love, poor me. And then your thoughts, you start agreeing with your thoughts. But then you'll get on this call, or I'll see you somewhere, and you'll say, man, I'm about to tear this thing up. I'm about to go out here, and I'm ready to go. I'm fired up. And go. <laughs> I heard that last night on one of our calls that we were doing in Jamaica, and, and, you know, it was like three or four people got, oh, yeah, I'm in love. So when they got to me, I said, well, I hear you saying all that, but it's got to be some other issues that's keeping you from doing all that because that's some rah-rah stuff. So please tell us some more issues that's keeping you from doing that because I would love to see you do that. But just because you got on this call and said that, that doesn't mean that when you get off this call, you ain't going to look in that mirror and say, oh, man, this thing ain't going to work. See, that's what happens. That's what happens. We're so good at, at impressing people and want, want people to think that we're doing something when we're not. And see, that, overpower, that overpowering thought that you have of you're no good or you're not smart enough to do this or you're not telling us you're not, that wins because it's, it's, it's overbearing. It's just you hear it over and over and over. And this is all based on a belief system that we never chose to believe. It was instilled in us. And 
even when you get information to this day right now, because that was instilled in us so much from our family, from our pastor, from our neighbors, from our everybody, that it's hard to even shake it. Whatever goes against the book of law will make you feel a funny sensation in your solar plexus, and it's called fear. Breaking the rules in the book of laws open you, your emotional wounds and your reaction to create emotional poison because everything in that book of law has to be true. Anything that challenges what you believe is going to make you feel unsafe. Even if the book of law is wrong, it makes you feel safe. That is why we need a great deal of courage to challenge our own beliefs because even if we know we didn't choose all these beliefs, it's also true that we agree to all of them. See, we, we got a book in our head of the laws. And that's what you look for every time somebody throws something out. You know, every time somebody says something, if I say something that you never heard of, something you don't agree with, like I said, you go through your thoughts and through that book. And that book comes from years and years and years of hearing your parents, hearing your neighbors, hearing your coworkers, hearing your friends, hearing your pastor. Hearing that's the book. And then you, it just, as soon as somebody says something, your brain goes, it's searching. And it don't find anything like that. So guess what? It kicks it back. Whatever goes against those thoughts that you believe right now will make you feel a funny sensation in your, in your solar plexus. And it's called fear. And when it's called fear... You don't move on that. You don't. That's why I say we can give you all the knowledge you need, but if you got that fear in you, which most people have, you're not going to even go and use the knowledge. You might even pass the test with it, but you're not going to go and use it. You're not going to go you just because it's a fear that's in us, because it goes against a lot of stuff that we've been taught. Breaking the rules of those thoughts that we have opens your emotional wounds and your reaction to create emotional poison because everything that's in those thoughts has to be true. Anything that challenges what you believe is going to make you feel unsafe. Even if those thoughts that you have programmed in you are wrong, it still makes you feel safe. You know how we say, I know this devil over here. I don't know the new devil. I know the old devil I've been dealing with. I know this devil. Now y'all trying to turn me on to a new one. Who grew up, who grew up in, in a neighborhood that talked about going out, getting rejected, and that's what you should do every day? And who grew up talking about, you know, you should be a great salesperson, you should be out and talking to people and networking, and you should be... Man, who, what neighborhood they talked about, you know, residual income and leverage where you incorporate the efforts of other people? and Who talked about that? They might have talked about it and said something bad about it, like, yeah, that's one of them things where you, you know, you got to go get your friends and all. They might have said something, but it wasn't anything healthy to get from that, and that's really how you need to leverage your income you need to operate that way but if you don't you can't recall that anywhere if you can't recall that anywhere boy some trouble 
Wow. That's so true. Man, I just showed a video of uh, a friend of mine. I was scrolling down. Where was I? Who did I show it to, first of all? Oh, I think I was in the gym last week, and I was scrolling down. When I finished working out, I was getting ready to walk out. I was walking out to my car, and Eric, the trainer, walked out with me, and I was scrolling down my Facebook, and then it had a, a high school uh, page. And I saw a video of, I guess it was one of the reunions or a barbecue or something that they had, and this guy that was on there, on that video, uh, had passed away, and I was telling my partner about him. And... um the reason I'm saying that is that, you know, preacher man sent me this text about the indoctrination of thoughts, feelings, and actions would lead to Big Mama getting her foot cut off. And this one guy named Anthony that uh, grew up with me, he was a year behind me, played football, we played football together. He lived on the other street, like one street over from me. <clears throat> I had to walk by his house, and then he would see me walking and, you know, going to school or going to football practice, then he'd come out, and we'd walk up to the school. And, you know, real funny guy, real nice guy, uh, year behind me, but uh, the indoctrination of what he should eat literally killed him because he wouldn't stop eating pork, he wouldn't stop eating certain meats, he wouldn't stop eating certain things, and the doctor had told him that he needed to, so he had one leg cut off. And... Um, and I talked to his brother, who was in the same class with me, probably a year later, and he said, man, he just won't stop. He, I don't care what they tell him. He's going to sneak and go. And then he got his second leg cut off. See, everybody in our neighborhood ate that stuff. Everybody in our neighborhood, you know, and, and including the preacher who talked about it in church, which, you know, you can find people who are spiritual and, and can read the Bible and know that some of that stuff shouldn't be, but then you'll find some people who are spiritual and read the Bible and show you where you can't eat that. And But that indoctrination of him um, and from what he saw through his family and friends and all that, um, I mean, his brother told him, said, look, man, I'm willing to stop with you. I mean, I, he said, I don't even do it anyway. He said, but, I, I'll, you know, we, we live together, and, you know, we can – I can help you out. He wouldn't do it. That's that belief system that, you know, you know, I got to get me some barbecue, got to get me some, what they call them, hog jaws or whatever. They, I didn't even eat that growing up, even though my family did, but I didn't. I just, you got to get some of that. You got to get, and, and even when the doctor tell you, man, we, not even doctor tell you, your leg cut off. One of them is, you going to go get the other one? Then I think he died from depression after that. That's how strong that belief is that you have to eat that way, and you see because you saw it for so long, and then everybody in the neighborhood talked about it that way. Shoot, after church, you could go in the back of the church; they had it back there. He says here, this is why we need a great deal of courage to challenge our own beliefs, because even if we know we didn't choose our, all, the, all these beliefs, it's also true that we agreed to all of them. The agreement is so strong that even when we understand the concept of it not being true, we feel the blame, the guilt, and the shame that occurred if we go against those rules. 
the agreement is so strong that you can't do one of them things, man. Are you crazy? That thing that's illegal. Is it? You know, is a you know, you get paid off your friends and all that. It, it, and it's hard for somebody to, even though you can see the numbers right in front of you, even though you can see that, you know, leverage is the way that most people get wealthy. All people get wealthy. You see all the process and you see it and you believe, but then you're so concerned about your neighbors, your friends, and you won't even talk to them about what you're doing. You won't. Most people in our type business, you have 5% who go and do what's supposed to be done and actually do 10 times more then. So if you say you have somebody that says, I mean, in our business might say, okay, you need to get, you know, I don't know, four people. You have, you know, a 5% that'll go get 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 or 90, and then you have a small group of people, I mean, a large group of people who won't get into that. That's the people that we need to talk to because they're not going through the process. They're not doing the things that need to be done. So that makes that other person have to go get another 40, 50, something himself but, or herself. But the process is of, the, of that 95% that's not doing it. We've we got to cut that down to maybe 70% or 60%. But if your self-image and your belief about everything in life when it comes to how you make money is in that's still stuck in you. It don't matter what we do. You're gonna operate from that basis. Yeah, you might say what you're about to do. You might do all that, but then you don't do it. Yeah, you might say you're gonna call this person, then you don't call them. And that don't have anything to do with your knowledge. You might want to use that for excuse. Say, I don't want to call them because I really don't know what the no. It has anything to do with that. That's you. That's you. That's the. That's you saying they're making an excuse because you know other people do. All you got to do is get them on the phone with them. He says, just as the government has a book of laws that rules the society's dream, our belief system is in the book of laws that rules our personal dream. All these laws exist in our mind. They have been created in our mind over years and years and years. The book of laws that we've been created, that's our paradigm is the book of laws. Ooh, we, that's our paradigm, book of laws. We believe them. We believe them. All these laws exist in our mind. We believe them, and the judge inside us based everything on these rules. The judge decrees, and the victim suffers the guilt and punishment. But who says there's a justice in this dream? True justice is paying only for, paying only once for each mistake. True injustice is paying more than once for each mistake. How many times do we pay for one mistake? The answer is thousands of times. The human is the only animal on the earth that pays a thousand times for the same mistake. The rest of the animals pay once for every mistake they make, but not us. We have a powerful memory. We make a mistake, we judge ourselves, we find ourselves guilty, and we punish ourselves. If justice exists, then that was enough. We don't need to do it again, but every time we remember, we judge ourselves again, and we punish ourselves again, and we are guilty again. Every time we think about it, we judge ourselves again, we punish ourselves again, we're guilty again. Every time you think about it, you judge yourself again, punish yourself, and you're guilty again. There's some things in my mind I can think about from the eighth grade on up, seventh grade, sixth grade, that something I did and I still can almost feel that feeling. If it was an embarrassing moment or some kind of fearful moment, I still can fear it. I'm still judging myself on that. 
And we like, ah, no, I'm not. When we make a mistake, we judge ourselves. We find ourselves guilty and we punish ourselves. If justice exists, then that was enough, right? We should be done with it, no? But, see, we keep recalling those stuff. We keep recalling all that stuff. And we don't need to do it again. But every time we remember, every time we call, we judge ourselves again. And we are guilty again. And we punish ourselves again and again and again. If we have a wife or husband, he or she also reminds us of the mistake. So we can judge ourselves again, punish ourselves again, and find ourselves guilty again. He says, is this fair? How many times do we wait to make our spouse, our children, our parents pay for the same mistake? Every time we remember the mistake, we blame them again and then send them all the emotional poison we feel at the injustice. And then we make them pay again for the same mistake. You ever had somebody call you and they go on off about something? You're like, okay, we are... Is that justice? The judge is in the mind is wrong because the belief system, the book of law is wrong. The whole dream is based on false law. Ninety-five percent of the beliefs we have stored in our minds are nothing but lies, and we suffer because we believe all those lies. In the dream of the planet, it, it is normal for humans to suffer, to live in fear and create emotional dreams. The outside dream is not a pleasant dream. It's a dream of violence, dream of fear, a dream of war, a dream of injustice. The personal dream of humans will vary, but globally it's the mostly, it's mostly a nightmare. If we look at our, at our human society, we see a place so difficult to live in because it's ruled by fear. I'm worried, I'm worried about if I say this. I'm worried about if I do that. I'm worried about if I wear this. I'm worried about if I go here. Throughout the world, we see human suffering, anger, revenge, addictions, violence in the streets, and tremendous injustice. It may exist at different levels in different countries around the world, but fear is the controlling outside dream. If we compare the dream of human society with the description of hell that religious or that religions all around the world have promulgated, we find ourselves exactly in the same uh, hell. Religions say that hell is a place of punishment, a place of fear, uh, pain, and suffering, a place where the fire burns you. Fire is generated by emotions that come from fear. Whenever we feel the emotions of anger, jealousy, envy, or hate, we experience a fire burning within us. We are living in a dream of hell. If you consider hell as a state of mind, then hell is all around us. Others may warn us that if we don't do what we say we should do, we will go to hell. Bad news, folks. We already in hell including the people who tell us that. No human can condemn another to hell because we are already there. Others can put us into deeper hell, true, but only if we allow this to happen with all the stuff that they say to us and everything that they talk about what we're doing. We're letting them put us in a deeper hell. Every human has his or her own personal dream, and just like the society dream is often ruled by fear, we learn to dream hell in our own life, in our own personal dream. The same fears manifest in different ways for each person, of course. But we experience anger, jealousy, hate, envy, and other negative emotions. Our personal dream can also become an ongoing nightmare, not nightmare, where we suffer and live in a state of fear. But we don't need to. We don't need to dream a nightmare. It is possible to enjoy a pleasant dream. I'm gonna stop there. <clears throat> in order to enjoy that pleasant dream, though, you got to feed your mind to starve the doubts. You got to feed your mind on a daily basis to starve the doubts because the doubts are sitting waiting to hit you every time, or to just sidetrack you. You know, like the little devil hit me up when I just said, "No, I ain't gonna say that." The little devil hit me up. Go on, say it. 
You got to control all that because your mind is giving you what you've been knowing all your life. And all your life came from a different environment that is not going to help you advance in life, folks. All right. <clears throat> That's all she wrote. Pain the pencil broke.